Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Fussilat, from in ayahs 30 to 32, Allah says, Truly those who say, My Lord is Allah, then remain steadfast upon that, the angels descend upon them at the time of their death and say to them, Don't be afraid and don't be sorrowful, and take the glad tidings of Jannah, the one that you have been promised. Truly, we used to be your helpers in this life. So when you're on this religion, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send angels down to you from the sky to help you to stay upon this religion. So for example, when a difficulty comes to you and these angels come and they whisper to you to fear Allah and stay away from all of the fitna, they are your helpers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends them down so that they may keep you on the straight path. So what we're talking about today is istiqamah. In other words, being steadfast upon the religion. Sadly, there are so many distractions out there that it's very difficult to be truly steadfast on this religion. But yet it's so important because the, red, the reward for being steadfast is tremendous for holding on to what you know and practicing the religion, even though the odds are stacked against you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carries on to say, and in this life in Jannah is for you whatever you wish. In other words, whatever you ask for, it will be for you. A beautiful place, a beautiful accommodation for you from the one who is most merciful. So that is what Allah promises to those who say La ilaha illallah and then they remain upon it. And we know that the hardest time for us will be when we are dying because this is when everything will be clear and this is when the real punishment will start. But if you were to hold on to your religion, you wouldn't experience the punishment at this time. Instead, you would have the angels coming to you to give you the glad tidings of Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to be steadfast on the religion. He has commanded that for us. And then he hasn't left it a mystery, alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us how to stay steadfast. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. In other words, stay away from whatever shaitan is calling you to, whatever leads on the way to the path of the devil. And if you can do this, then inshallah you can remain steadfast. But, easier said than done, shaitan is an intelligent enemy of ours. He doesn't just come to you and say, oh, do this really bad deed, and do this, uh, you know, start drinking alcohol today, start stealing today, start committing uh, adultery today. He comes and suggests small steps. These are the footsteps of shaitan, these small, small things that will lead ultimately to your ruin. If you can stay away from the first step, then you will never reach that last step. One of the Bedouin Arabs came to the Prophet Muhammad and said, tell me one thing that will take me to paradise. I mean, that's basically what we all want, isn't it? Rather than all the things that we think we have to do in Islam, we would all just want to know one thing, just that one thing. If I do that, then that will take me to Jannah. The Prophet Muhammad answered him and said, Say, I believe in Allah, and then be steadfast upon it. Now, even though this hadith sounds nice and simple, we know it's not that easy. The Prophet Muhammad is transmitting a great deal of knowledge in a minimal amount of words, just as the Prophet Muhammad is known to do. He's being asked something and he's conveying a summary of his mission. The foundation of Islam is Tawheed, the belief in Allah, and then remaining steadfast to that. 
The significance of istiqamah can be seen as every Muslim has to say Surah Fatiha at least 17 times a day, seeking continual guidance and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this steadfastness. Sadly, some people think that this hadith means that all they have to do is say La ilaha illallah and then, you know, hey presto, they'll go to paradise. But that's ignoring the second part of this hadith, in other words, being steadfast. To be steadfast on the religion then your heart has to be steadfast and strong before the limbs are, are upright upon that religion. So if your heart is strong, then your whole self will submit to Islam. And it's not just going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen where you woke up in the morning and suddenly da -da, you're steadfast. You have to take precautions to protect your heart, your qalb. And you know it's called qalb because from the Arabic it means Something that's always turning because it's an unstable thing. Some days, you know, your heart may, might feel very strong on the path. And then maybe six months or a year later, you may not want that way anymore. Hearts can change. And this is why we have that beautiful dua where the Prophet Muhammad would make this incredibly frequently. He would say, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. Oh, you who turns hearts. Keep my heart firm on your deen. When your heart really wants what the Prophet Muhammad came with, then this is what true istiqamah entails. Because the Prophet Muhammad said, None of you will truly believe, or in another narration, none of you will truly enter Jannah until your whims and desires, in other words, what your heart desires, are in accordance with what I came with. So you can't say the Prophet Muhammad advised that I should uh, I should wear hijab and you know, Allah says in the Quran I should wear hijab and I don't like that so I'm not going to do that. Life can be very difficult. To even hold on to a small part of Islam can be like holding on to hot coals. Not because the thing that you're trying to hold on to is difficult in itself. You know, example, the salah five times a day salah, how much does it take? Roughly, what, 25 minutes? But your soul can be under a lot of pressure. Pressure from your family. Pressure from friends or work, pressure from society, the trials and tribulations, it's just so great. But you know, if that is the case, and in that situation, you still hold on to the religion, you still hold on to your Islam, then really, you need to take the glad tidings of a great reward. Because the Prophet Muhammad said, there will come a time when holding on to a small part of the religion is like holding on to hot coals. And for such people will be the reward of a hundred or in some narrations, 50 companions of mine. I mean, that's a massive re reward. You can't even imagine it. The person with the least reward in paradise has all in this world and 10 times over. And that's the least reward in paradise. So what would be the reward of a companion of the Prophet Muhammad So you might think to yourself, well, why will people be rewarded so much more than the Sahaba? And the answer to that is because a sin is magnified if the person doing the sin is not forced to do it. So in other words, they'd say in some narrations, a poor person who is arrogant or an old person who is committing adultery or a king who has all the power and is still a liar. These are punished more severely because there is no driving factor to commit that sin. But on the flip side, if you stay away from the sin, even though there is immense, immense driving factor, then if you stay away from that sin, you will be rewarded even more. 
And that's why when the going gets tough, the reward also increases. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what we're going through. He's closer to us than we are to ourselves. He is the one who created us. He knows what we're enduring for his sake. So even when the going does get tough, and no matter how tough, we have to still hold on to the religion. Istiqama is very important if you are calling other people to Islam. For example, maybe you're the only Muslim in your family and you're trying to call others to the deen. Remember, you're calling people to leave what they are upon, to change their ways and to follow something different. And people don't like change. They don't like to be told to change. So there are some things that we need to remember when the going gets tough that inshallah will help us. Number one is to be patient. In Arabic, this is sabr. Maybe it's that people are trying to influence you to stop you from implementing what you know to be the truth of Islam. And then the question then you have to ask yourself, are you going to try and please Allah or are you going to try and please people? Maybe you need to be patient, you need to have sabr because you're trying to establish the prayer and you're trying to do good deeds. Remember, it, it might be a struggle, but that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rewarding us for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't let any of our actions go to waste. Also, to think about the great reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us for being patient. And remember, the rewards of this life can never compare to the rewards of the hereafter. And finally, remember that the Muslims before us who had so much difficulty, but yet they still held on to their Islam. And the best example for anything is the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. We know that the disbelievers came to Abu Talib, his uncle, and said, go and tell your nephew that if he leaves what he is calling to, then we will give him whatever he wants. If it's women, then we'll give him the most beautiful women from our tribes. If it's money, then we'll give him all the money he wants. And if it's power, we'll make him our leader. So Abu Talib went to the Prophet Muhammad wasallam and said, Oh my son, this is what my people have told me. So what do you say? The Prophet Muhammad wasallam was reciting Quran. He stopped and he looked up at his uncle, who he loved so dearly, and said, Oh my uncle, by Allah... Were they to give me the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left hand, then I wouldn't give up calling to the religion even for one minute. Look at the strength of his istiqamah, his steadfastness. And, you know, alhamdulillah, we're in Ramadan and in Ramadan we tend to feel stronger. We fasted for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We tried so hard to please him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made things easy for us by locking up the shayateen. You know, but after a few days, that extra protection will go after Ramadan finishes and the reality of everyday life is going to kick back in. And that's when what you have been struggling to do for the last 29 or 30 days gets really put into practice. That is when the test of our istiqamah will really be there. In everything that happens to us, always remember Allah is wanting to bring us back to the reality of our existence. Because, you know, it's very easy to forget our true purpose and true goal, and to get engrossed for hours doing something that really has no benefit to us. Another example of istiqamah that we can learn from was one of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, Mus'ab ibn Umair, may Allah be pleased with him. He was one of the younger companions of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم. He had the best of everything, like the best, okay, today it would be cars, but then it was camels, the best designer clothes, the best designer perfumes. I mean, he was a slick individual and the women absolutely adored him. He was like the talk of the town. His parents were extremely rich and they would give him whatever he wanted. But when he turned his life around and accepted Islam, 
in the, and this was in the early days of prophethood in Mecca, when times were really tough for anyone who converted. Everything that you would think of as successful, all those camels, the clothes, the cars, the, you know, not cars at those times, camels, perfumes, and, you know, like the adoration, everything went. Nothing. In fact, the scholars have said that the, he only had enough clothing to barely cover himself. His parents weren't Muslim. And they took everything away from him just to see if they could punish him to make him go back on his Islam. But he held steadfast to his Islam, although all these things were taken away from him. So in conclusion, the key to istiqama in our lives is to have the perpetual understanding and recognition that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything. He knows everything that you do. You cannot escape from Allah's vision. His knowledge is complete, so there's no time off, there's no holiday from having this quality of istiqama. And even if we slip, because it's impossible to stay so strong all the time, even if we do slip, it shouldn't be permanent. We should always follow it up with a good deed. And in fact, be humble towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not expecting us to be perfect because he knows the way he's created us. He's not asking for, for perfection. He's asking for us to be honest with ourselves. We know when we failed or we haven't tried. Ask for his guidance, ask for his forgiveness and support because ultimately it's worth the struggle because the result of istiqama, the reward of istiqama is Jannah forever. So subhanAllah, I'm gonna end there and I just want to give advanced Eid greetings to all of you. Inshallah, Eid is going to be either Saturday or Sunday. So I won't be recording on either of those two days. Uh, and inshallah, I'll see you again all after Eid. If anything was in this talk that was beneficial to you, then it was purely from Allah. I ask you all sincerely to forgive me if I've said anything here in these talks that has upset you. That was never my intention. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك Glory and praise be to you, O Allah. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except you. I beg of you your forgiveness and repent to you. Amen.